You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. A very long time ago, I had a friend. I'm just going to call him John, even though his name is definitely not John. And my one and a half friends that listen to this podcast will probably know who I'm talking about. But that's okay, don't harass John. Anyway, a long time ago, John decided in high school we were marching band buddies and judo buddies. That's a story for another time about judo and marching band. Somebody remind me to tell that story. Anyway, my friend John decided that there was a particular woman in a neighborhood that he wanted to copulate with. And me, being the good friend that I am, decided I was going to be a wing woman. One day, she says that he can come by, and all he has to do is throw a rock at her window, and he can go up to her bedroom on the second floor. So here, me and my friend John and our wonderful, nice, crisp, clean, white marching band t-shirts went to her house after practice and were just hiding behind the bushes by her house, making sure that her parents don't see because it's high school, trying not to get caught here. He throws a rock at her window. She doesn't answer. So John throws a couple more rocks. Still no answer. And of course, you can tell how old I am because we did not have cell phones, so we could just call each other or text. You can see how convenient that is now because trying to get yourself laid by throwing rocks out a window, well, let me not get ahead of myself. At some point, the light downstairs comes on, which is not her bedroom, of course. Thus, we immediately go to hide under one car each and unfortunately, in our nice, crisp, white marching band shirts, laying in oil and glass, that was fantastic, so we could hide. And her dad comes out, he's looking around, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna have to rethink my life choices, is a bad idea. However, John, with the libido of any red-blooded male, decides he wants to try again. I reluctantly allow him, still rethinking that life choice. He throws a... Rock at her window again, a couple more times. Light comes back on, and I'm thinking, oh goodness, this is how it ends. I'm going to die in my stupid little shop of horrors marching band shirt. This is going to be awful. And her dad comes out with a shotgun. That was, it was a good thing that we got under the cars again, because I really didn't want to die. We wait for the man to go back into his house after searching around outside, go running from out of the car and jump over the bushes, which I don't know how I jumped over such a high bush, man, that was adrenaline right there. I was thinking maybe I should have dropped marching band and tried basketball because I was up there, man, like I was seven foot two or something, and whew, I guess if you're about to die, you will accomplish some heroic feats. So a few days later, when we finally get in contact with her, we just drop our laundry off at her place and tell her that she's gonna have to get all those stains out because she was the one who told them that he should come to the window and throw rocks and never answered. However, John, you were definitely at fault, if you ever listened to this, for continually throwing rocks at her window when we were going to die. But I love you, John. You're, you're still a sweet human being. Just the moral of this story is I kind of think I'm going to have to start rethinking my ride-or-die friends because I was really close to dying, and I wasn't the one who was going to be doing the riding. You know what I mean?
welcome to Les Bertarian, the only place for liberty-loving muff divers and muff diving enthusiasts. Join us this week as we tear apart the political binary and take a look at issues through the lens of non-aggression and reason. I'm your host, Kim Shang. Throw on your flannel, wet your U-Haul, and let's get this thing started. And welcome to episode 14 of Lesbertarian, where we're going to discuss lots of things. But one of the things that I've mentioned and haven't really gone into depth with is that, yes, I did run for office as somebody that was in the Libertarian Party. But there was something that stuck with me. The Las Vegas Libertarian Party had a decent moment in time when I was running for office. And at that time... They did something that I think was a good idea to prepare me to be a candidate. I actually spent a few days in a course at the Leadership Institute for candidates, basically candidate school. And yes, I am aware Leadership Institute is a right-leaning Republican sort of school. And the Las Vegas LP also wanted classes for the counterpart of the Leadership Institute or the more democratic left-leaning side. So I do applaud them for at least trying the method of using both. However, that's not the point. We're not going to get into that. Or how much I just really don't want to be part of the Las Vegas LP. But there is something that we've noticed. And Hillary Clinton does this really well. And I've actually found this tactic to be useful when I'm pretty lost with a topic in a topic that frustrates or confuses me or I don't know the answer to and something that they should have taught to Gary Johnson and that is the Leesburg grid which is something I'm not sure if the Leadership Institute tries to keep that a little special secret or not but it seems that every politician has their way of doing this is basically putting your weaknesses in one box at the top and your strengths in the next and then at the bottom your opponent's weaknesses and their strengths at the bottom, four separate boxes. And you just go through and think of what your opponent ha- has a strength in. Mine, he pretty much was elected in the assembly about three times, and then he had two terms in the state senate and was about to go for his last and term out. And that's a huge strength. My strength to try to counter that, because my weakness, of course, compared to that, was that I didn't have as much experience as he did, clearly. And I was a new candidate. So what I tried to do as a tactic, using the strengths and weaknesses, was just to point out how if he was someone who is a candidate for that long, and our major university has issues with the bloat at the top in the administrative staff, and that causing the students to have to pay crap ton more for their crappy piece of paper that most of the time is quite useless. And also, he used to work for the public transportation system, and the public transportation system, still terrible, hasn't gotten any better. And since he's in the state senate and hasn't done anything about it, that he clearly turned his back on the constituents and forgot where he came from. That's the sort of thing that the Leesburg grid could do for you. And I remember having an interview where... They were 
talking to me and I don't know if they were really trying to trip me up because I found along the campaign trail that people try to trip libertarians up constantly because we're pretty much hated, especially by the other two parties because even being the third party, the largest third party with all of our problems still sometimes can be a threat, which is really weird that any neckbeards would be a threat to anything. But I remember this interview where we were talking about gun rights and then suddenly he just out of nowhere mentions a bill by the number and which is really strange just the number didn't explain anything just what do you think about bill blah 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 and i'm just thinking okay number one i don't get to create bills yet until you guys elect me number two why you assume that i remember every single bill by the number and you can't really say something like um well what's the bill because it just makes you look stupid and then it's an honest thing we don't know everything but Constituents look at that and go, oh, look at that ignorant human. Poorer candidates can't fall back on money to save them from that sort of thing. So in the end, what I ended up doing, since he wouldn't clarify what the bill was, I decided I was going to have to force him to do so without saying, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Instead, I moved to saying that if I was elected, one of the things I really wanted to work on is to find a way to possibly make the process of these bills a little more transparent because a good portion of bills, even at the state level, seem to have a lot of other extra stuff in it that you don't really know that is being voted on. You have to really dig into some of these bills. And you have things such as the Super Bowl bill, the one where the Raiders are going to move to Las Vegas, that that was an emergency vote. That didn't involve the people at all. And I think that the power definitely should have been at the state level for a good portion of the stuff that people talk about because this is our state and the people in the state should have a say about what goes on. We're citizens too. It's not just these politicians. We're all citizens trying to live in this place, which means we should have an input. And of course that had nothing to do with what he said, but it sounded pretty. And everybody who listened to the interview and talked to me about it said they appreciated it. But I didn't know anything like the man said what, it, what the bill was. I can't remember if he explained it, but I think he moved on. Either way, that is a tactic that is taught. Actually taught to a candidate. It's not just a Hillary Clinton thing, even though she does it the best. It is something they teach politicians. They are teaching us to either deceive or kind of not exactly answer something. And that's not necessarily always a bad thing. Because there are good times where people try to catch you off guard. Gary Johnson was one of them. And whether you think that he should have been smart enough to know what the heck they were talking about, they love gotcha questions, especially for libertarians. And I dealt with a lot of that. And the Leesburg Grid actually helped with it. I don't plan on running for office again. But the Leesburg Grid seemed to be useful for a lot of things that I didn't know the answer to. But it's usually easier for me as a normal human who's not running for office to just go ahead and say, I don't know what the heck you're talking about, man. Just explain that. I just wanted to bring that up. Because I just want to drop in every now and then a couple things that I learned as a candidate so you know what that experience was like. And I don't want to do just an entire episode on everything that I did as a candidate because that would be boring as hell. And I don't want to bore you. So now we're going to get into the news. Our first story comes from LGBTQNation.com. And yes, when I get into the story, I know there's probably going to be complaints and everybody's getting tired of me talking about religion and the LGBTQ community. But if you notice some of the major stories, that's what it involves. So that is normally what we're going to talk about. And I'll try to throw some stuff in there 
always that doesn't pertain to that, but sorry, that's just how the news seems to be going. Anyway, from LGBTQ Nation, Trump and Supreme Court are continuing their war by trying to recapture the schools. Oh, wow. Trying to recapture the schools. Okay. Now, looking at this article, they bring up a lot of stuff, and we're going to get into one of those other articles that they mention in here. So I would advise you to check this out if you want to see all of the, the details of what they say. But the things that I wanted to point out was this. This is straight from the article, quote, Of course, some evangelicals would like nothing more than to ditch those restrictions in there, talking about prayer in, in school and the fact that you can't force people to pray in school. Anyway, of course, some evangelicals would like nothing more than to ditch those restrictions. The new guidelines don't go that far. They simply require that schools rectify that they are doing nothing to block students from praying on their own time, and that states inform the federal government about any violations. The, I don't like either side of this, really, if Trump ever tried to, or Republicans tried to make sure that it was forced that you would have to pray in public schools. No, I'm fine with if it's voluntary. Of course, voluntary is always important. But what's killing me here is they're making it very, very obvious if you somehow know somebody who has not figured out that the Democrats and Republicans want to control the school system, because that's where they know they can educate all the kids to be law-abiding, tax-loving citizens, then look at, look at that headline. Trump and Supreme Court are continuing their war by trying to recapture schools. That's also the left saying that they have the schools. What that more blatantness can you get with this garbage? At this point, once again, I do not trust public schools. I do not like forcing. You can pray all you would like. What, what's that going to harm somebody? Somebody praying near you if they try to sit in your lap and start going, Jesus loves you. You should be saved and start talking in your ear and then start praying without you having ever asked for it or given any consent. Yes, I can understand that's a problem, but people pray all the time. I walk by people praying and maybe I'll join them. Maybe I won't. You can just keep walking unless there's a prayer circle just following you and you're just, you haven't done anything and you're innocent. Then what's it shouldn't be a problem. Now, if we're talking about in classrooms, that's a different story. I very much of a person. I like to pray with like-minded people. It's a lot easier to, to have the coming together as more than one person and speaking to God together. And if you're in a situation where it's a public school, you would just have to know that you're not always going to have Christian people. And just having people pray around a group of non-believers isn't always going to lead people to Christ. Of course, I've heard it actually happen, but I know it's an avenue people are thinking, well, we got to make sure they hear about Christ. Well, well, yes, I definitely know that it could work and that we should be praying. But just know in a public school setting, that's going to be a little harder to do with a bunch of people that may not believe the same thing. We want to be witnessing, but it's not the school that I necessarily want to be teaching my kids about Christ and prayer. A public school, maybe a Christian private school, somewhere where I know the people and their credentials and that that's the direction they're going. I don't trust this public school system to know what in the world they're doing anyway. So it's up to family and parents to make sure that they're instilling those kind of things in their children as opposed to the school doing it, because it is a public school. Not everybody's going to be a believer. Now, if it's a private Christian school and there somehow happens to be somebody who doesn't believe in Christ there, 
That's a whole entire different story because they're at a private Christian school where that's just a known thing to happen. And in a public school, unfortunately, they're so secular at this point that trying to turn them into some sort of religious public institution is just not going to be a good idea, especially when the government can take that stuff right on over. Not a good idea. In our next story from the Washington Post, some Northern Virginia parents wanted two books with LGBTQ characters removed from schools. Officials said no. In these two books, the books including Hurricane Child, which details a romance between two girls, and The Pants Project, which features a transgender boy, have been redistributed to middle and high schools in the district, Doolittle said. Interesting. Alright, looking at the titles of these books, I haven't read these books and I didn't really get into too much depth with them because, for one, I really, I just, I don't, I don't want to read this. <laughs> Sorry, too bad. But the fact is, from those titles, I'm going to guess those are very descriptive titles. Or at least the Pants Project is. That's a little scary. And the Hurricane Child. I really just... Okay. In middle school... No, I really don't want my kids learning about that yet. Because one of the things that I would like my kids to learn first is about sex. And about sexuality and the body. But I want... I would want my children to learn that from me at that age. High school is probably closer to when I would have that talk anyway, not so much in middle school, but it's a little concerning, I would say, that we would even be discussing this in schools. And the reason that I feel like they're, they're doing these sorts of things as a means to enforce an agenda and not so much equality, because there's a lot of fear that Republicans, and yeah, there might be some validity because I do know some Republicans that would prefer that not a single LGBT thing on the planet existed, that they want to make sure that, oh, we're going to force all these kids to accept trans men and women, accept lesbians and gays and bisexuals because they'll have learned it young. Oh, that's, it's once again, not the school's job. Not at all the school's job. The school's job should be teaching my kids how to be able to, if they're in middle school, they need to be learning all, everything they need to know to succeed in high school. They need to be taking the appropriate math, sciences, English, all that stuff, so that they will do well in the next level in high school. It is a parent's job to let their kids know that not everybody is the same. And if parents are failing at that, that's unfortunate, but the school is just not the place to be fixing that. 15-year-old Kentucky teen Kayla Kinney was reportedly expelled from a Christian school. Now, this was a Christian school that was attached to a church. And what was going around and what I had to figure out was if the student had been expelled because of her mom. What her mom did was there was a birthday party and Kayla was wearing a rainbow shirt and had... A rainbow cake her mom got her and they even went so far as to check the receipt to make sure this was not a gay cake apparently but what happened was her mom posted a picture of Kayla in this rainbow garb with the rainbow cake on her social media and some reports tried to say oh it was just a post that got her in trouble well actually it was more than that Kayla had been already doing things like being late um, skipping and all that sort of thing and she had been warned over two years so there was more to it. This happened to coincide with the fact that I 
believe a lot of students and the staff already knew that there's a possibility that she was she was gay, even though she didn't admit it. And the mom tried to say uh, that this was no statement about her child being gay. That wasn't anything like that. Her child hadn't come out as gay, but the staff was concerned and went so far as giving her a book called Gay Girl, Good God to, I guess, help her not gay or whatever. This is a private Christian school, so they have every right to make the rules that they would like for their students and expel anybody for not following those rules. I'm fine with that. If a private institution wants to do anything and they want to create rules, you sign a contract with this private institution knowing well enough ahead that this is in the contract and this is in the rules, then I don't really have as much empathy if you end up breaking those rules and end up being dislodged from this private institution. Does, it does make sense. However, this makes people in the LGBT community want to, of course, do the usual thing with trying to force churches and Christian schools to accept gay people. It's a private institution. They can do what they want. And a bunch of leftists always have fit, say, uh, some a, a group of white people, especially white cisgendered men, because the left just totally hates them. Maybe they have decided that they want to infiltrate a private institution that is just for black people. Well, the left would be outraged. And before anybody goes, oh, this color of your skin and your sexuality, those are two different things. To me, in this case, it's definitely not because it's a private institution who can make the rules they want. I don't care if a private group of Nazis decided they want to have an institution. Good. Keep them somewhere else, far away from me and their stupid institution somewhere else instead of spread out in every institution. That's fine with me. If they want to congregate somewhere, that's fine. If they want to be out in the open, that's fine too, so we can find them. Uh, and I really don't see a lot of Nazis around. I just want to use that term because it's fun to... Talk about how leftists see Nazis in every damn thing there is. Anyway, people would freak out about that. They would just be upset and they probably wouldn't fight very hard to get the... Tell the they would just tell these white men, Nope, sorry, the, these are people who struggled through slavery and all of the usual spiel they give. And it just wouldn't happen. But suddenly, when it comes to Christians, yeah, just force them gayness. Just force those gays in there. Come on, guys. Private institution, calm down. It's just, that's just how that goes. Private institutions are private institutions with their own rules, and that is fine. They should be allowed to do that if it stays within their own institution. That is perfectly fine. So I don't know if this is a case of a teen who is finding out she's gay and is in a situation similar to me where, yeah, I'm gay, but at the same time, I'm, I'm Christian. And this institution said, no, that's not what the Bible says, sorry, you're going to be expelled now. She, Kayla, she's now in public school. She does miss the other school. But this is just a situation of private institutions can make their own rules. That's just how it goes, and I'm fine with that. That is fine. And hopefully one of these days we can convince the left and the right that it's fine, because both sides like to do that. They want to infiltrate, as we have seen in lots of news stories. All right, guys, thank you for joining me for another episode of Lesbitarian. You know how to reach me, right? Gmail, lesbertarian at gmail.com, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, all lesbertarian. 
Hope you have a great week. And until then, love one another.